Hello, 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 and cha-cha-cha. Hi, friends. This is Alex Townsend, uh, your new favorite podcaster, coming to you from our beautiful studios here in Southwest Florida. And today it is poolside. In our first episode in, uh, it's been about three or four weeks since we've done an episode. It's been a little while. But I got to say, first of all, it is great to be back. And let me say to all of you, how are you? How are you doing? And since the last time we saw each other, we're out of pandemic phase. How does that feel, people? Wow. I got to say, um, it, it is a good feeling knowing that we are back to a sense of normalcy. I think we had been for a while. We were just waiting for an all clear from Fauci. And all I can say is I am so, so glad that we are out of pandemic phase we can actually get back together together in groups we don't have to worry am i too close uh, am i too close to that person or you know we don't have to um we don't have to worry about is the mask up t- up big enough does i do i need to pull it down a little bit can this person hear me all that stuff you know when do i get to take it off you know like all those weird questions we can stop asking um what i hope for is that this pandemic more than anything taught us to care about one another. I hope so. I really, really hope so. And I would also say, let's all take care of one another. And I would say, let's not lose ourselves. I think we lost a bit of ourselves uh, over the last couple of years. And let's, I want to get to a point where we're not struggling with that. But we're actually getting to a point where we can come together as, you know, as global citizens of the world, as Americans, I'll speak for myself because I live in America. I've lived nowhere else but for the past 34 years but the U.S. But yeah, I, um, I'm i excited for the future. That's for sure. I'm not a, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Um, I'm a realist, but there is a difference between the two. Um, but we've, we've done a lot since we last saw, since we last spoke to all of you. And in fact... Since the last time we spoke to you, um, I finally got to go to New Jersey with Jennifer for a long-awaited vacation. I will safely say that. Yeah. Um, oh, April 12th. Yeah, so the last time we did an episode was over a month ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we went to um, – for Easter, we went to Livingston, New Jersey. We went to the farm where Jennifer lives and – we had such a wonderful time. I will definitely say that. Um, the packing part was interesting. The night before we packed, and I was using my uh, briefcase um, that I've had like since I was a teenager. And it's, you know, the thing is when you have something for 20, 15, 20 years, especially a briefcase, um, don't be surprised if there are moments where it breaks down and... You know, it's hard to get it to jiggle all the way or you're trying to put so much in there. I mean, I literally, between my clothes, my toiletries, um, the books I got for my birthday, the magazines I got for my birthday, which I'm still working on, by the way. Yeah, still working on magazines, but um, I'm going to restock up again very soon, probably tomorrow after church, um, because that's when I'll get some free time. Um, But yeah, I had had not been on a plane in... 12 years, 12, 13 years. It was really great. And I remember because um, Jennifer slept for most of the flight to New Jersey. 
Although she did wake up briefly um, to watch a documentary about Julia Child with me on CNN Plus. And can I just say, what? You almost feel sorry for CNN that their app failed. I mean, even like Fox Nation, I didn't think much about their little operation. I really didn't. And now I have it because of Piers Morgan. And I want to get into Piers a little bit later on the broadcast. Um, because he's one of the reasons I got Fox Nation. And he also used to work at CNN. So it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be an interesting conversation about that. But yeah, um, I mean, um, I also will say this. Um, First of all, nobody is join, joining the Mile High Club on JetBlue. I just picked that up. They have too much security. There is no way, no way anyone would sneak past security, any two people would sneak past security and join the Mile High Club. There's no way when you get on JetBlue. No way. I just noticed that. I know it's like that on other flights, but I'm just sitting here going, what's the biggest, what's the bigger risk in this world? Like, seriously? What's the bigger risk? You know crazy hijackers or with an agenda or two people who are either on fire for each other or in love with each other and they want to express that joy like seriously that 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 that's your bigger threat really but i don't know i i'm, I'm just one of those people like you got to prioritize you know what the bigger risk in the world is and anyway but yeah, so then we got on in the taxi cab, and I gotta say that city is very beautiful. It definitely has, um, you know, um, it has a personality and it has a vibe, and I love it. And I, um, we saw Jen's dad that night. We went to his um, his farmhouse. Is is well, the, the property is a farmhouse, but like on the where is um. Or he works out of his workshop, and I saw some of his records and his collection. I mean, it was just... I was um, just in awe by what he had his collection. Oh, and by the way, I found Thriller by Michael Jackson and Jennifer's collection, and I snuck that thing in our briefcase on the way home. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I got to spend a lot of time with Rick, with uh, Richard. We listened to some music, um, spent a lot of time with Jen's mom. And Jen's aunt, and, um, Anne, Anna's her name, she always told me to call her Anne. Um, and, uh, I saw Cora, and I met my, um, my brother-in-law, Kevin, her soon-to-be husband, for the first time. I need to catch up with him. And, uh, gotta say, funny man, great to talk to, down-to-earth, loves music like I do, and stand-up comedy, and podcasts. We talked a little bit about Adam Carolla, um... And we talked about another podcast that I want to uh, bring up. Um, it's called uh, uh, I get this? Smart List with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. And basically, how it works is um, three these three these three wonderful, funny guys get together and they talk about whatever's on their mind. But what's also great about them is. They also get other guests to join them too, including oh god, Bill Maher's been on there. Wow, I want to hear that. Uh, Craig Robinson, Michael Lewis, uh, John Hamm's been on. Brad Paisley's been on. Uh, let's see, Kate Blanchett, ooh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Charlie Day from It's Always in Philadelphia. 
Uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, Courtney Cox. Oh, oh, Michael Moore. Nice, nice. So there's been some interesting. Fallon's been on. David uh, Sandra Bullock, Halle Berry. Wow, Jerry Seinfeld, Tom Hanks. Man, what a what a crew, man. Good. Hey, Smartless, uh, can you send some of those guys over to us? Particularly Bill. No, I'm just no, I like I like Bill Maher. Um, but I'll talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk about him as well. Um, but yeah. Um, And a lot of eating, and particularly at the Chit Chat Diner and the Livingston Diner. We met um, um, my mother-in-law's friend, Paulette, who is so funny, so sweet, great to talk to. Um, Has been through a lot of challenging moments in her life, but she always has come out of it with a smile and with a sense of optimism and hope that I can only hope that my generation will be able to uh, emulate. Because I think, and this is where I'm going to sound like the uh, old get off the old guy who's screaming "get off my lawn," but I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like most people under the age of forty today, well, particularly you know the people that I grew up with, most of them don't know how to solve a problem. And I'm not talking about the big problems in life, but like you know. I generally think the term woke is um, valid for many people of my generation just because not many, but a good number of us. I mean, we've lost our shit, guys. We really have. And we need to get it back. We need to listen more. We need to not make every conversation about I'm going to own this person or I'm going to dominate. No. Why, why are we obsessed with that? Why can't we learn to take some criticism in? Or why can't we learn how to deal with difficult moments instead of just throwing a tantrum or going nuts on social media? I just don't understand what is going on with millennials in general. I don't understand what's up with us. Guys, we got we to gotta, we gotta tighten this up a little bit. We really do. I get part of that also from talking to... Um, uh, Jennifer's friend Julie and uh, Mindy and Mindy by the way works in dispatch and she said she's one of the few women in her industry so in a lot of ways because that you have to grow a lot of thick skin and you have to you know get tough really quick by the way the Chit Chat Diner also had the best BLT I've ever had in my life it had just the right amount of lettuce very little uh, mayo which was good tomatoes were cooked well the bacon was cooked perfectly and I know you're probably thinking, Alex, how do you know this? Food Network, David Rosengarten. David Rosengarten, a great chef and a teacher, just like uh, Graham Kerr uh, has been. He's in his 80s now, Graham Kerr, my God. And, and how old is David Rosengarten? I think he's in his late 50s, early 60s now. But yeah, he was uh, part of the early days of Food Network when it wasn't as about um, dessert competitions or um, remaking restaurants, although I love Restaurant Possible, or... Um, He's just, he's just not. But yeah, the guy's name is David Rosengarten, and I want to tell you a, a little bit about him. Yeah, he worked at Food Network from uh, uh, 1994 until 2001. My God, I was, feel like it was 2000. But yeah, um, but, and so his show Taste, like a lot of traditional cooking shows, will show you exactly how to cook the food, where to get it, how to prepare it. I mean, we just pay attention. That's a good example. You know, like, 
cooking's a science. There is no, it's either going to taste well or it's not. And there's one episode where David did a whole segment on the BLT. And I went, whole segment on the BLT? My goodness. But I always like that. So I can only imagine David was, was getting those chefs pumped up. They really was. Uh, we went to church on Easter Sunday and ceremony itself was beautiful and you know it was a small little church um the kind you'd expect to find in like the back you know um in like the coal mines of West Virginia or Kentucky or sorry about that folks the um THC helps you develop hunger but (laughs) oh it does but no, I can safely say that um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time getting to, you know, to meet my in-laws for the first time and and really, really get to to know them as, as, you know, my family. And just they were so sweet and so kind to me. And I'm just I'm just so happy that it. Um, I got to go up north for the, and I would love to go back too. I will say, I'm hoping to go into New York City with Jen when things calm down. But out of respect for Jen's parents, who really wanted us to stay, and it was a holiday weekend, we just said maybe New York will, will calm down a little bit um, once we get up there. Um, I will say this though, um, and I this is just this is just a message to. Um, the new mayor, Mayor Andrews. Um, I can only hope that you are interested in actually making a difference, uh, Mr. Mayor. And I only say that, uh, Mayor Adams, because as I've said before, it takes liking government and wanting to make a difference to actually do a good job in politics. And by the way, um, your win was was no surprise though you went against um an obnoxious talk jock named curtis silwa and he is a talk and he is a talk jock and i say that um from watching a documentary about right wing talk radio and he was featured in it and the the surprising thing is they didn't get rush limbaugh to be in it you would think he would have said yes to that in five seconds but no, he didn't. Every oh, they got almost everybody else on the left and the right. I mean, they got Ed Schultz to be in that thing, and they got Bernie Sanders to be in it. They got Mark Levin on the right. They got Hannity to be in it, and you know, it's. I will say this though. Um, yeah, I just hope that Mayor Andrews um, is actually interested in doing the job and actually making a difference, because New York City got hosed by De Blasio. They really did. I mean, was he was not really into the job? I don't think, and I think he, had, I think he had good intentions. I think he had bold ideas, but I think executing them was very difficult for him. And I also, again, in general, left or right, you have to be interested in wanting to make a difference. If you're one of those people that likes the power or that likes the fame, but you only like that and you like that more than helping people, don't get into politics. Just very simple. Don't get into politics if you don't want to make a difference. Very simple. Um, 
Yeah, I had a lot of those conversations with my mother-in-law. I'll tell you, there's always a few of those with Pauline. But we agree about 40% of the time. Like, we agree a lot more than you would imagine. But, um, Jed and I, um, we also watched uh, a lot of Dateline and we watched a lot of Netflix when we were, um, had some downtime. Um, we weren't with, when we weren't hanging with the family. We watched this miniseries and I specifically was told by Jen to mention this because it's such a, because it's, it's, it was such a well done miniseries. Um, the thing about Pam I want to bring up real quick. It's about the 2011 murder of uh, Missouri woman Betsy Ferrara. And it starred Renee Zellweger, Josh Demel, Judy Greer, Gideon Alden, uh, Sean Bridgers, uh, Katie Mixon, who played Betsy Ferrara. And she was absolutely fantastic. In fairness, though, you know, Katie's good at almost anything she does. You know, same with Renee Zellweger. Like, Renee's got a little bit of mystery to her. And there's always a... Um, I always think you never quite know what you're going to get. I mean, Renee's a bit of a wild card and but reflects on a lot of the characters that she's played uh, over the years. But this character specifically. And I just, I just, I got to say, um, that woman, Pam Hub, I got to say, I cannot believe the lengths she would get to to get away with murder. I mean... From lying about working for Dateline, from, you know, just trying to control the pros- the the defense attorneys. Josh Jamel played beautifully Josh Schwartz. I will say uh, Josh Schwartz is um, the kind of defense lawyer that, again, like Johnny Cochran, whether you did it or not, hey, you get him as your lawyer, you'll get to go home. <laughs> um, I just wonder if Johnny Cochran ever... How, how many times he missed, uh, but I think he missed as much as as other other defense attorneys do. Um, Judy Greer played Leah Askey. I cannot believe Leah Askey is still practicing law to this day. I mean, again, she's one of those examples I just gave earlier of someone who loves the power, doesn't like making a difference. She probably is also one of those prosecutors that thinks everybody that is in prison deserves to be. I mean, she, when Keith Morrison interviewed her for Dateline, I mean, the woman had no, no emotion whatsoever. Absolutely none. And she didn't care that she'd put innocent man away. And she even went after Dateline for saying, if not for the case, they wouldn't have even been talking to her. That's not the point. You'll put an innocent man away, you idiot. And that's all Leah Askey is, is a fucking idiot. How come she's not in prison? How come she's still practicing law? I'm sorry, there's more than one guilty person here. And, you know, yeah, I think Pam, yeah, and definitely Pam Hupp was greedy, manipulative. But you know what? That whole town believed her. So what does it say about this little town? And what does it say about trials that are, you know, not trials by jury, but trials by media or trials by the public? I mean, do we do you not understand people how dangerous this, that is? I mean, has Dateline taught us anything? Has Unsolved Mysteries taught us anything? Has these Lifetime movies over the years taught about you know weird murders like this taught us anything? I mean, has the movie Gone Girl taught us anything? I love that movie. I can watch that over and over again. It's one of Ben Affleck's best performances. But I mean, 
does justice matter anymore? Does it? Or does does winning and having power over another person, does that what matters? And it also segues into something that we talked about on, we saw on Netflix I want to talk about. I, and again, justice is a slow process. I just want to say that, ladies and gentlemen. I wish it wasn't this slow, and I wish it was better than it was. But I'm kind of like Harlan in the sense that I'm not sure it will be fixed. Same with our education system. Because it's like most of the country knows it sucks, but what are we willing to do to fix it? But segueing into Netflix, Inventing Anna. Oh my, I loved Inventing Anna. That was excellent. Oh my God, that was, I actually like that a little more than the thing about Pam, although Jen absolutely loved it when stopped talking. I mean, she still tries to get that voice down. Do you know who I am? <laughs> uh, Julia Garner uh, just did a wonderful job in that role. I can, she's wonderful in Ozark, but in this one, she's even more sinister and soulless and just, oh. And, and, and also, let's not forget, uh, Inventing Anna was also give, uh, given to us by um, Shonda Rhimes and the wonderful folks over at Shondaland. Uh, hooray, hooray. Thank you, Shonda. Thank you for the good work you have done for this country, particularly for um, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and all right, those are my favorite projects. I've never seen How to Get Away with Murder, though, although I will add it to my list, though. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, Anna... Julia Julia was fantastic. The entire cast was great. Julia Garner was great. Anna Chomsky, who played Vivian Kent, was wonderful. Katie Lowe's from Scandal, who played Rachel Williams. I mean, I keep forgetting that phrase. Did you hear about the gardens? I mean, like, did you shut up about the fucking gardens? <laughs> and she was a little social climber as well, but nowhere close to the crazy that Anna did. And also, um, Rachel's a writer for, um, photo editor and producer for Vanity Fair, just to let you know. But, um, but what was great about that, and Laverne Cox was wonderful as the, uh, fitness instructor, um, Kate Burton from Scandal. I mean, like, you, you look, if you look close enough, there's all, there's a few people from Scandal that you'll recognize quickly. You know, Josh Molina was in it. He was fantastic. Um, But yeah, it, the I was also impressed by the relationship that Vivian, uh, who Anna Chomsky was just absolutely wonderful, and the relationship that she had with the other writers that she worked with at uh, I think it was Manhattan Magazine. Although it's they couldn't say they couldn't say that in the miniseries, they so had to say uh, Manhattan Magazine instead of New York Magazine. But yeah, what I loved her relationship with. Um, the writers that were sent to a place called Scriberia. It was called Scriberia. And I loved her relationship with those wonderful people and how great they were to her. And it was just wonderful. It really, it really was just, but it was amazing what this little brat would do. Anna Sorkin was um, a socialite from uh, Russia and then Germany and she got bored with um, this small town in Germany she was in when she compared to upstate New York. Um, but what happened was she um, she was obsessed with Vogue. Vogue was the thing that got her into wanting to have be part of the good life. As Frank Sinatra once, and Tony Bennett once sang about. 
But yeah, I mean, she moved to London at one point, went to art school, dropped out, then returned to Germany, worked in public relations. All right, so she did work briefly for some portions of her life. Um, And then she went to New York for Fashion Week, and she literally just started creating this this scam called the Anna Diwali Foundation, which is a members club and art foundation. And I was amazed by just the, the six figures that she stole and, you know, just from banks and hotels and financial institutions, you know. And the weird thing is she didn't even use her – she's a beautiful woman. I mean it's amazing she didn't use that thing that she had, but she used, you know, her intellect and she used, you know, this little charm that she had. And, you know, I don't the – peop, the people that got scammed by her, I just wonder, like – did you not know she was going to do this? Did you not know that this would happen? I think a lot of them were hoping that she was going to, you know, I think they were just hooked on the good life. I mean, Anna was living in five-star hotels. She was sipping champagne. She was out at clubs with, you know, the beautiful people. I think the people that joined her, you know, and then went to Morocco with her on vacation. And, you know, they had to, they're getting to be fit the bill uh I, I just saw it's weird i actually did my homework on this before i actually watched the miniseries with jen 60 minutes australian nightline interviewed her and i will say this um anna was as aloof and as um uh withdrawn as her character was and didn't want to talk about her real life just focused on just throwing shade at people i mean it's essentially what she is you know I mean, I, I, I don't exactly have, you know, sympathy for her. And the other person I don't feel sympathy for, her or Pam Hub or Elizabeth Elizabeth Holmes from The uh, Dropout, which we which Jennifer and I watched on Hulu. Oh, my God. Also fantastic. I have to say, though, Inventing Anna and The Dropout were way better than The Thing About Pam. The Thing About Pam was good, but these, these miniseries were even better. They really were. Um... And when it dropout always goes back to interesting story, great cast. And they got Amanda Seyfried, who I'm a fan of, the play Elizabeth Holmes. And she got that that personality, that flat, driven, I've got to be um, tougher than the boys personality, you know, that she, had to, that she thought she had to take on to be successful. Um, but, I mean... She was just as greedy and selfish. She was just as greedy and just as manipulative as Anna. She thought she'd get away with it. Same with Jordan Belfort. She thought she'd get away with it. But I don't. I mean, she, and she's now facing. Elizabeth is facing now twenty years, twenty years in prison for a wire wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. I mean, she got very wealthy very easy she was youngest and wealthiest self-made billionaire in america at one point you know but like the the cast of characters that were around her absolutely uh just had me in stitches the entire time and just had me going what the fuck uh naveen andrews who played her boyfriend sunny um bawani um bill Irwin, uh channing robertson bill macy who played richard feist 
Um, Laurie Metcalf was with Gardner, who didn't have a particularly good relationship with Elizabeth Holmes, but then again, who really did? Stephen Fry, who played Ian Gibbons, who was a biochemist. He unfortunately took his life um, because of that stress that the industry just took on him. Um, it was just... It was amazing the lengths that um, that Elizabeth Holmes took, and the and the relationships that she broke up, the people she manipulated, who she lied to. I was just in all but like there are people in there that had a they were in there briefly, like Stephen Fry is barely in the series and he's fantastic, and especially in this last two episodes. You know, Bill Macy's barely in it. He's really good. Larry Metcalf's really good. And Alan Ruck, who played Dr. J. Rosen, Dr. J. Um, only Alan Ruck would come up with a really weird nickname like that for one of the biggest baseball players in the world. Basketball players in the world. Biggest basketball players in the world. Um, Julia Serving. Sam Waterston from Law and & Order. And Gracie and Frankie in the newsroom. And, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting cast to say the least. It really is. But and Amanda was simply amazing. I mean, she really, really just pulled it off tremendously. You know, she's come a long way from the days of All My Children and Mean Girls. And she was in Big Love for five seasons. And she was in Veronica Mars for two seasons with Kristen Bell. She was in the Mamma Mia, um, and film in the Mamma Mia sequel, Jennifer's Body, which she was wonderful in. Um, Red Riding Hood, In Time with Justin Timberlake, that's really good. Ted 2 was excellent. Million Ways to Die in the West. I mean, it, it was it wasn't interesting, I will say this. Um, her characters are that she plays uh, have a little bit of mystery to them and a little bit of devi a little deviance, a little bit of devious side to her, but I always like that about Amanda. She always brings a lot of wonderful energy to the table. And you know, same with her. Her colleagues from Mean Girls, all every last one of them, you know, whether it's um, Rachel McAdams or um, Lacey, who's just made a killing. Lacey Shabbat, who's made a killing on those Hallmark movies that she's been in. 27 of them already? Wow, my goodness. Um, and even, um, even Lindsay Lohan, who, whatever she does next, like I'm rooting for her. I just want her to be happy and healthy. I really do. Healthy first, more than anything. I know what that's like, you know, to struggle with that um, identity and trying to figure out who the hell you are in life. It's difficult. It's challenging. But we're going to get there. But one thing we got to get past, my friends, is this idea that we got to take things by the – well, let me rephrase. Um, the lengths that these people went to – to get, you know, money, not worth it. Not worth it, people, all right? What happened to working hard in life? Has that just become, you know, taboo? Has that, has that become controversial? Has not getting a tattoo or a piercing, has that just become taboo in this country? Has saying that, you know, gender matters, police mat the, the, the police how what they do matter you know does how do I say this does character matter in this country anymore I asked myself this question after watching these two shows I'm like 
what the hell is going on in this world that these devious, you know, little vixens can get away with this stuff. It just boggles my mind. It really does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what I've been watching. That's what I've been watching a lot of lately. Uh, I've also been watching, and I'm very happy to say this, Netflix has a new game show out that I really like, and it's actually a traditional quote-unquote game show. Um, and it hosts Howie Mandel, who many of you know from Bobby's World and Deal or No Deal and America's Got Talent and Stand Up. He's one of the best stand-ups working. And of course, if you're like me and love nostalgia or you're fortunate enough to have had it, to have um, watched TV in the uh, 80s, then you remember him also from St. Elsewhere. <laughs> I love when he told off one person that tried to call him a twerp. He went, that's Dr. Twerp to you. <laughs> exactly what I would have said to him but um no the show on Netflix um and how he's doing which I find to be excellent is called Bullshit the Game Show Bullshit the Game Show features one contestant and three challengers now this contestant has to answer 10 questions successfully correct and if they do they win one million dollars the other way they can win a million dollars is to prove to the entire dais that they were not bullshitting them, that they didn't get the question wrong, but tried to prove they were right by telling an interesting story. And that's a big part of the story. All right, folks, and uh, we have to take a commercial break and we'll be right back. back welcome back um so friends uh sorry about the little delay there uh lucky cat came right out here on the uh, porch and uh jennifer ran out here just to grab her um so one of the things i wanted to talk to you about um that that vacation was time well spent because jennifer is now back in school and she is absolutely enjoying every minute of it um She's uh, looking to get her RN, and she is so determined and very, very hyper focused on it. Every time for it was like one, yeah, there was a one. There was one night this week. I think it was the, you know, Wednesday night or Thursday night. She came out of bed right after we had watched Jeopardy and the Dropout. Uh, so we finished it earlier this week. Um, yeah, uh, she came out and she like studied for an hour, and so she literally didn't come out to bed till like this is like. Maybe 11.30 midnight, and then she came, didn't come back to bed for like 1, 1.30 in the morning. And, but, you know, she very, very much focused on her studies, and she just wanted me to tell you that um, she loves all of you guys, and she hopes you guys had a great Easter and that you had a great Mother's Day as well. I, um, I took my mom to a church with me. Uh, Jen had to work at the last second. She went into the Willows, um, the rehab facility she works at. But yeah, it's um, it's a busy time for all of us, but we're doing really well. Uh, things at my job have thankfully calmed down a lot. Uh, thank God they did. Uh, I'm now uh, working cases, but not managing as many, which is really good. And I had a friend of mine who uh, uh, is working on the department I was reassigned to, and it's just really great. It's really, really wonderful. And you know, I'm um, I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning now in my mid-30s to, you know, not try to change people, but just try to be understanding and try to, you know, 
be a little more, um, you know, not going to DEFCOM if, you know, because the thing about people with Asperger's is we're sort of all or nothing. And I'm trying to learn to uh, not be that, you know, you just try to try to help people best we can, but also accept, you know, there are people that have differences of opinion and that there are people that have differences in, you know, how they approach things in life and you just have to understand it. And maybe there's a way of way they saw it or went about things that worked for them that didn't work for you. Like, okay, no, hope it works out for you. You know, you, just, you hope for the best for people, but you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to be a calmer person. I'm trying to not let things get to me and get me riled up. And so far it's working though, but, um, what were we talking about before we came? All right, bullshit the game show. Right. So um, the two ways you win are either you get all 10 questions right or you're able to convince the, the three challengers that uh, you're telling them, convince them that you didn't bullshit them. However, if they correctly identify bullshit at any time, game's over. And there are two locks, so you can leave with some money. There's a lock where most people have locked in either $1,000 or $50,000. And first contestant I saw on there, he won $50,000 on there. And he's a really, really good player. He had one question about Louis Armstrong on there. And I went, oh, that's got to be easy. They were the questions even stranger than they used to on the last couple of seasons of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You know, um, that's the other thing about... Um, I, I, I don't know. I think the concept just works so well for Howie, and he's really good with these contestants. Some of them are probably young enough to be his kids. But, yeah, he just... The, the, some of these, I swear, some of these 20-somethings I see on there, they could be in show business, and some of them probably will be. One of them is actually a political writer, and she... Um, uh, she left with a good amount of dough as well, and she left with, like, $75,000. But, yeah, no, it's... um. It's a wonderful, wonderful series. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Another show I'll recommend um, that I really, I promised my wife I would mention is Shining Veil. I just started watching it with Jen on um, Stars, and I got to tell you, it is absolutely fantastic. It's a great cast. It's uh, Courtney Cox, um, Greg Kinnear, Mira Savino. Oh, my God. Oh, Judith Light. Yeah, she's wonderful. And... Um, it's been renewed for another season, so Jen's going to be excited when I tell her that. Basically, it's about a um, former wild child who became famous through writing raunchy female-empowered novels. Uh, she cheats on her husband. And um, though she's been sober for 16 years, uh, she um, decides she's still not fulfilled in life. Um, she realizes she can't remember the last time she had sex with her husband. Her kids really don't need her as mom anymore and she starts writing again she tries to recapture the best but as a result of it they end up moving to this new house in the country and kid you not old demons become back to them including one in the face of rosemary wellingham who's played by mira savina and she's wonderful and courtney cox courtney's very good at playing uh troubled hot messes very well i will say that <laughs> oh my god she all three of the those ladies are her lisa kudrow jennifer anson they're all really good at you know playing a hot mess and jennifer's like what hot mess <laughs> i'm like uh how much time do you got, Jen? <laughs> no, I'm no, no, um, and Greg Kinnear, he's wonderful in it. Um, 
He's tr- his character is trying to figure out who he is as a man. And he gets tested quite a bit in this season as well, which is really great. I mean, it's not the um, Ozzy and Harriet fantasy, but that's what's really great about the series is that, you know, and I, I again, I always say it's because of companies like Stars and um, Netflix and HBO and Showtime where shows that don't fit into the conventional box of network TV can thrive and can shine and can find a great sizable audience. Thank God for that as well. Um, but yeah, um, and another show I want to mention, would be crazy not to mention this, is it's one I've been getting my news from lately. The one, the only, Piers Morgan Uncensored. That's right, Piers Morgan, the very popular British uh, TV judge and newspaper editor is now back with a new series called Piers Morgan Uncensored, which can be seen on Fox Nation. It also airs on Talk TV in the UK and also airs in Australia too, which is pretty awesome. And I saw the first week all on Talk TV because there was a live, I was able to find like live episodes of it. And then I've eventually just bulked down and got Fox Nation. And I found a few other things on Fox Nation that I like that I'll get into in another episode. Uh, Oh, God, what is happening to me? (laughs) Oh, well. I'll consult with a doctor about this later. But anyway, uh, Piers, I will not, because I think he is unapologetically a classic liberal like I am. You know, people that support um, LGBTQ rights and are pro-choice and are pro-trans, although people who don't like Piers would assume he's not. That he's anti-trans, he's not. But no, what I like about the new series is that it is a lot of what Piers Morgan uh, Live on CNN was. It was a news show with in-depth interviews, with honest conversations, and I mean, he's interviewed since the show was started, Brian Cox from Secession, Donald Trump, which got, you know, over 64 million clicks on social, on the internet. It's like, whoa, it's like millions saw that so that interview it's like you couldn't escape it uh sharon osborne who is now on talk tv as well she's got a new panel show called ironically the talk and jeremy kyle's on there who's like the british jerry springer and (laughs) they're all really good together with their panel of uh, millennials um thankfully they're interesting even if you know one or two of them are a little woke but (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Megan McCain's been on with Pe- with Piers. Uh, they had a spokesman for the Taliban was on, and Piers just shut his ass down so quickly. Just and that's the thing with Piers that really shines is that he's quick and he has the truth. Whenever he has the facts and he's quick, he's going to win the argument, and that scares people, you know. And also, Piers is not of the far is not of the far left or the far right, and because you can't put him in a box. That's pretty free. It's one thing I also like about Joe Rogan is that they're such an independent cat. You don't know specifically what direction they're going to go or who's going to sit down and talk with them, which is interesting, you know, I think, in the long run. Um, Piers also had Lennox Lewis on. His buddy from Celebrity Apprentice was on. Um, he had Douglas Murray on, who's, an, who's a British conservative. Um, they talked about a, his, his, uh, Douglas's new book, The War on the West. And, you know, I will say this, though. It will make, when you read some of Douglas' stuff, some of it will infuriate you, but some of his stuff will make you be happy you live in the United States of America, more importantly, the Western part of the world, where women are treated equally, where gay people are treated with rights, where 
where you're you're judged by the content of your character, as Dr. Martin Luther King once said, you know, and that you're treated with, with fairness. And I know we fall down sometimes and we make mistakes, but fundamentally, America is a good place. And, you know, I like that Piers mixed up the shows, the show by doing, you know, American stories and UK stories, Australian stories. It's just an interesting, interesting, uh, loud uh, cocktail party. Uh, Piers, uh, virgin cocktail for me. By the way, no, it's a wonderful, wonderful series. And I love seeing his back and forth with, with Trump. Oh my God, that was that was hysterical. I, I said, this alone is going to keep me coming back night after night. But yeah, Piers is a guy I'd tell people, keep your eyes on. I hope he'll get Bill Maher on too. That'll be interesting. I want to see him get him on. Um, I want to see him mix it up and get people from the left and the right on. And he has been so far successfully. He's had Tommy Lahren on, and she's actually held her own successfully. And can't say that about many conservatives. But I don't know. Piers speaks a language um, like his buddy Bill Maher in the sense that Piers can interview anyone, talk to anyone, as long as they're interesting and are moving culture and moving news. That's what's important. Um, what's important now is that... Um, I get back to my wife and help her with studying, and um, I hope all of you enjoy your weekend and enjoy this beautiful spring weather as we're going into summer and it's getting hotter. Please jump into your pool. Along with jumping your pool, read that good book. Um, call your mom, call your dad, call your friends. Uh, take that long walk, take that bike ride. Work on yourself and make your presence heard in the world. We love you, and we'll see you next time on The Assy Files. Cha-cha-cha for now.